Target eliminated. Heading to next objective. Sir, I have scanned the area and have found multiple booby traps. That's nothing. We've all argued with our family. Do you remember this place? It was snowing then as it is now, deep in the heart of Yakushima Forest. You were only eight years old, armed with a bow nearly as tall as you were. <laughs> Your mother said it would get caught up in the branches, but you insisted on joining me anyhow. And so she says that it's mine, but I've got kids in all six continents. I don't know them by name, but I pay child support, and then Look, I- Look, I'm gonna keep it real, Chief. I stopped listening after you mentioned coconut oil and crab playing a banjo. What exactly did you want? Oh, right. Well, basically, I need a self-defense weapon for when I get caught. No! I'm not gonna say it again! Textbooks are not meant to be thrown at the back of necks! Welcome to Project Starlight. Maybe this is the one. Hello, welcome to the Wolf's Court. Welcome. This is, without question, the first take of this. There have been no flubs. I am a flawless host and performer. Let me tell the congregation of the Wolfgang that right now. Hot on the heels, hot on the heels of all of the incredible voiceover artists that I've been interviewing for season two of the Wolf's Court. It's inarguably time to bring the person many people know as the nexus the person some people know as the sorcerer i of course know him as the beacon lord himself now he's been in a wealth of impressive roles and i'm just going to tell you some of them right now the music's going to cue very shortly he's been in mafia city as orion thunder league online as george Slam Dunk as Augustus. Funny Fighters as Number 7 Forward. Open the gates as Old Man. Now, this Nexus has also been in Soul Beneficiary, and that's Soul as in the essence that goes into some kind of other reality afterwards. But he's also, also been on Power 106 FM with one Nick Cannon Mornings. That's right. And... It comes with incredible jealousy to also announce that this amazing voiceover artist and spoiler alert presenter is also Lord Noguchi in Noguchi's Bells. Now, without further ado, I believe it's time to welcome the majestic, sensational nexus of sorcery himself, Jamil Berger. Oh, fudge. Oh, man. First of all, oh, that's great. <laughs> Second of all, oh, these are all terms I'll probably never hear in my life again. So I appreciate, you know, everyone needs their first, all right? And I, and I appreciate that you were able to give that to me. Uh, hey, man, thanks so much for having me. It's really cool, man. This is, this is the first time me and you have been this intimate, right? You, 
you're, we're usually you're usually on the other side. I'm usually on I'm the other doing. side. It's crazy, and you know, and this is actually the first time I'm wearing trousers for for meeting you as well. So it's kind of bizarre for me. Oh man, very interesting. <laughs> what? I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. Genuinely, uh, this this is you know like grandiose introductions, legitimately warranted for me. Because uh, members of the Wolf Court, I, I genuinely can't stress enough how amazing a person uh, Jamil Berger is. Uh, not only is a very talented artist, and I say the sorcerer of audiovisual for good reason, because you're incredibly skilled when it comes to all manners of production. But perhaps the thing that blows me away the most about you is just your innate positivity and the conviction you have to helping people. Now, I, 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 was, uh, I jumped into a closing credits webinar, which I almost wasn't going to do because I was so sick at the time. My birthday had just gone and I was celebrating it in grandiose style, i.e. having debilitating COVID where I could barely stay awake. I was passing out. I could barely talk. And I thought, I'm going to do this. And jumping into the webinar, I was, I was legitimately taken aback by your skills of presentation your level of interest and research you did in a guest at the time who was the, the wonderful Christine Bannis and just the, the innate positivity of you. Like it, it really did blow me away. And for one of the first times in my life, I actually actively felt welcome in an atmosphere in a field that I have always want to be part of. So, so before I even ask a question, I just want to thank you for that. Because like, really, like just, just your diligence to get every question answered was amazing. We, we, we stayed there for about another two and a half hours because, because yeah. you just, you weren't going to leave anyone, anyone behind. You weren't going to let anyone down. So, so thank you for being great and shout out to closing credits for being fantastic. Shout out to uh, closing <laughs> casting call club. I'm getting flustered. Yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah, emotional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you do such an amazing job. And the fact is, these webinars are free. I don't know if people yeah. realize that or not, but they're free. And the, the insight you can learn from going to these, genuinely for me, is unparalleled. It, we're not just talking about the skill set, the history of the performance of these actors, but the theory as well, the experiences. And man, the level of research you do, it's just, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, I, I, first of all, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I remember that one. My wife was very pissed that day. She was like, why the hell aren't you in bed yet? I was like, yeah, I can't. Uh, so I remember being very much, I got into a lot of trouble that night. Um, but hey, man, you were always well. You were just waiting for your tribe, man. And I'm glad I was able to present to you a, a welcoming community because you very much was well welcome there. Uh, and hey, man, once again, I, I, I thank you because uh, all I want is for people to have a good time and I want people to learn regardless of whatever financial situation they may be in. Um, not all of us have money to do classes and all you hear when you try to become a voice actor is take classes, take classes, take classes, Absolutely. take classes. So it was of my utmost like priority to make a class-like system where you can learn for free and uh, the reception has been amazing. Uh, because people like yourself, you go on and you tell people you really like enjoy being there. You're there at everyone. And uh, I got to thank you, man, because, you know, what 
we don't do anything for validation, but it's good to know that it's doing something for someone. So when I see you in the chat and I see you asking your questions and I know exactly the direction you're going in because you're like, hey, uh, would you be a guest? And I'm like, hell yeah, I would do the same thing. So I got to thank you, man. Um, I, I, It was so shocking to hear that you had COVID, but to see you come on the other side of that and like be like stronger and now you're going hands like all the way in with the things you want to do, man, that's the most uh, impressive things that I've seen. So I thank you for allowing me to witness that because that's very important. A lot of people don't get to see what your work does. So thank you for that. Uh, the, the pleasure's all mine, genuinely. And this is going to be a, a slightly different episode because I'm going to ask you similar questions, but right. it's interesting because, you know, I called you the Nexus and the Beacon for a reason, in the sense that to me, you are uh, Mr. Closing Credits. You know, you're the host. You're the person that does the research. You're the person that interviews people. You're the person that opens the floor. Like, if people don't realize this, which they, you know, might not, I'm trying to add to my uh, listener base. Uh, Jamil Berger does this wonderful uh, introduction with every uh, Closing Credits webinar where he, he does incredible research that I'm under the impression takes days and hours and weeks to do, like, it's clearly so far there's no way it could be rushed together it's just so incredible this the scope he does to show you what these voice actors have done the roles they've been in and then he kind of runs people through uh with their origin stories as i like to call it then opens the floor for people so genuinely if someone has an interest in voice acting or to hear from voice actors then there's there's no better place to come and the reason this is a kind of different format here is because I want to know about your career, but at the same time, <laughs> I also want to know about how you got into this career, how you became Mr. Closing Credits. So I'm going to have to ask kind of slightly different augmented questions, but also you were a fucking stand-up comedian like I was. Yeah, yeah, eight <laughs> years, man. Eight years, I was in the streets of New York. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so before I, I'm going to ask the first most generic, pointless question in history. How's it going? Man, it's going really, it's going really well right now. I cannot complain. Uh, man, it, it takes a lot for someone to say that they're happy, and of course, things could always be better. But I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately happy right now because the things I'm doing is affecting people, and it's affecting people for the better. And I think that's the most important thing, no matter what you do, because we all want to know that we made an impact on somebody's life and the amount of people who are like, dude, you're my hero. I'm like, God damn, you should look up to better people. Um, but seriously, it, it means, it means a lot. Um, I, I'm really, I'm really happy right now. And uh, just grateful for all the opportunities because, you know, it could have been, it could have been someone else. I could have been I could have been an onlooker, but I'm in the position I'm in because of the great people around me. And since I'm in this position, I'm going to give out as many hands and give out as many free plates. I, as I like to think of it as we're at a big cookout right now and just bring, I got enough food. So bring all your cousins, let's bring them all in and let's get all this food up before all we have left is egg salad because you know, no one wants that. No, they don't. And if I'm the first person there, then there will only be egg salad left by the time I'm finished. <laughs> Uh, so interestingly enough, uh, yeah, I'm going to probably have to ask you this question in three different ways. And I'll just see where your answer takes me, really. 
first of all, what made you want to get into voiceover acting? And is that the term you'd call it or is there something else you'd rather call it? Because everyone seems to have a slightly different term. Right. Well, you know, voice acting is, in a sense, acting. Um, the, the only reason I got into voiceover is because of the pandemic happened. Um, like, really? That's the only, that is the only reason I got into voiceover is because I was, at the, I was at the height. I was at the hype of my stand up comedy career. And uh, I had did a one hour special and I was talking to Netflix and uh, I was living it up. And then the very next day, they was like, hey, this thing called COVID is going on. So we're going to have to put a lot of things on hold. And then I never heard anything from them again. So I was so uh, deflated because, uh, like I said, I did, I did stand-up comedy for so long. I had put eight years into this, like, you know, story, into this, into the storybook tale. And uh, it you, was You did gone. a special. Sorry, I, I just need to ask, like... You so you did a recorded special that was gonna be televised. I did a one-hour special that I submitted so, to Netflix. So so you were filmed doing the stand-up performance. Yeah, I did a one-hour show. It was it was uh, it was the same. I had I had submitted it to Netflix, and oddly enough, it was gonna play in six selected theaters. So oh my, my god! Yeah yeah yeah. It was it was it was cool. My idea, and I had to pay for it all. Like you know, so here's here's the thing. If anyone is trying to get something in theaters you can actually go to your local theaters and they usually have like a theater where you can play your own thing so i had paid six theaters to play my to play my comedy special because my mentality was it's fucking sick if if netflix wasn't going to pick this show up i was going to it was going i was still going to make everyone believe that this was a movie because it was i had i had trailers i had everything set up i want to see this man Oh yeah, man! I, I got I'm, I'm digging the archives for you and, and seeing the stuff. It was really good. I was, I was really proud of it, man. Good. Um, and yeah, like, uh, like oddly enough, my uh, my profile pic, you know that that was yeah. on stage that night. Like, that, that surprised was, me. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the only stand-up picture I've seen of you. Yeah, because it's like it's so much not it's so much not part of my identity now. I'm no longer like my stand-up name was CJ Comedian J burger that was my whole identity um is, is that any correlation to like cm punk or something nah it, it, it's just the initials <laughs> I, I i had the i think i had i signed one i did a comedy show and at the end uh they was like can you sign this thing and like my handwriting is shit it's terrible so i didn't want to write my name and fuck up whatever they did so i just put c j b and they were like, oh, it's so cool. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's no problem. Whatever. I, I, some of the coolest things happen that way when you're just yeah, styling yeah. it out. Yeah, I really do. I had to sign my first ever uh, poster as a voiceover artist. And I was like, fuck. Because uh, once again, my handwriting is trash. Okay, so, look, sorry. Quick question. How did that feel having to do that? So, yo, it, it was insane. It was really cool because it was like, it was confirmation that this career right? path was working out yeah because you know every when you go into voiceover and you know just to clarify i had dabbled in voiceover you know prior but like it was never a center of attention it was just something where i had like a blue yeti microphone and i would talk in and that was it it was never nothing i made anything out of it because comedy was it was paying the bills i was going out i was i was getting paid to perform and that's all i saw myself doing mm understandably so, to go into voiceover 
to go into voiceover and not and, and I and honestly I didn't think this I, I thought I was gonna have to wait like seven five eight years because it took that long for comedy to, to pop off um so I was prepared for it to take a long time and just to to be part of a project and it was like hey can you sign because they was doing like a kickstarter thing and it was like we want to get everybody's signature I was like damn I don't have a signature so I'm like practicing like I'm I'm writing burger and I'm like writing tic-tac-toe boards on it to make it look unique because I'm I know what to do so but to see the poster I was like oh damn that's I'm like I'm part of the overall picture and literally just today like literally just today this other this other project I was working on uh this guy was like hey you know like out of nowhere like he was like hey I just really want to let you know that I appreciate you and like thank you again for being so integral to the progress and it means something to you because it's like well damn man like you know you you never know what your work does until someone like tells you and my whole mentality was you know i'm not gonna stand and wait for someone to give me or clap for me just keep doing what i keep doing and to see the amount of people that like appreciate it oh man it's incredible man like it, it it really more than anyone else, I was really glad I was able to show my lady that, like, that this was going to work because... Um, well, like you said, that's validation. Like, thanks for believing in me. And, and this is showing that, you know, that faith yeah, is going somewhere. 100%. Because, you know, stand-up comedy put a lot of strain on my relationship. Like It, it, cause, it does. Because I was out every night. Like, I was yeah. working. I was a teacher at a school. So I would literally get off of work get you home by like five you were teaching o'clock. what were you teaching out of interest i was a substitute so i would teach like i would teach history um or whatever they would throw me but i was like one of the cool t- teachers so like of course you, know, you are well you know sometimes you're not <laughs> like i had to deal with middle schoolers so you know they're they're a mixed bag but they but they embraced me like at first it was like oh his name burger we about to we about to make him quit <laughs> and then and then i like i think i roasted one of like one of them like one of them came in like i think the toughest or quote unquote Classic. the funniest kid came in one day and he had beat up sneakers on and I was like I got his ass and I <laughs> roasted him for a whole period and then after the class he was like you didn't really mean all that stuff right I was like nah man you're cool and then like they embraced me ever since and I was cool with them and that could be a movie like, in itself man hey man it could be like it's the, uh, the hard streets of the class that's well, what yeah, I'm gonna call yeah. it well, I, what I'm gonna call it sorry for hijacking your idea instead of dangerous minds because, you know, not everything needs to be brutal. It can be dangerous lions. And Ooh. you're just a fucking zinging teacher who people love because they're like, oh, he's called Burger. Fuck this guy. And like, oh, shit, Burger's legit, man. Dangerous lions coming soon. Oh, man, book it. I'm, I'm, I'm winning. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a there this day one. Yeah. But, but so, yeah, you were saying, so you were teaching from to, till five, then doing stand-up. Takes yeah, a yeah, of your yeah. life. Yeah, so I would, I would have to be at work at 6 a.m. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, because, you know, school, you got to be there super early. So I would go yeah. there from, I would wake up like at 5, I would honestly wake up around like 4.45, 5 a.m. That's brutal. Um, then go to work from 6. Class is over at 3. School is over at 3. I stayed for extra. I stayed because I had to do like extra credit stuff for students from staying yeah. at school. So get home at 5, get home, literally take off my clothes, swap, see my lady for honestly like 10 minutes mm. and be right on the and then be on the train headed to New York. It's gonna and, take its toll. And it and I would do that every day to the idea was like, yo, do you care? And it's like, yeah, 
but like I was always outperforming. And like that was Monday through Friday, every single day without fail, just out in the streets. Cause if anyone that has a anyone that anyone that does stand-up comedy, you have to perform in. It's not just performing and getting on stage and leaving. It's networking, right? That's the yeah. that's, that's where my whole networking mindset. Was. I never got that far. I was only at open mic nights because I always beat myself up if it didn't go well, and I didn't do it for about six months. But but carry on. But I've been there, right? I, I I've been there, and like I would beat myself up too after, and I got booed a lot in the beginning, um, because no one thought my shit was funny. <laughs> I was saying boo worker. <laughs> like. No one thought my jokes were. Fun. I was getting booed by like elderly white women in church and and like angry, angry single fathers in, in clubs and like I remember this dude was like he was so drunk he was like man I know I'm fucked up right now, but not even the alcohol in me can make me think this shit is good and he stumbled on the ground and fell over and. I was like, fuck, man, like, what am I doing wrong? That, that is a fucking fatality of a lion now. Dude, oh, God, because I used to perform in, like, the worst places. I used to, like, bowling alleys. I performed in a strip club a couple times. Interesting. Like, yeah, I'm sure they were paying of, full attention to you. Uh, like, like, kind of, like, they was mad as hell. Like, they don't want to see me. They want to see titties. Like, you know, like, I love the idea like, that you're on the stage. And they're trying to look around from you, and you're like, no, 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 but I just let me get this. Fuck off. So the dude would be like, so like <laughs> the whole idea was it was meant so the strippers can recuperate for like 10 minutes. Yeah, so you were like, the compare. Yeah, so like they would they would dance, and then like the owner would come out and be like, and then they would go in the back and he would be like, all right, we're gonna bring out some jokes. Like they don't want to see me. Like, how could I'm that like, possibly fail? Here's a dude like, telling jokes instead of a hot naked woman. Like, they don't want to see it. It's awkward. Everyone's hard. I'm like, oh man, what the fuck? Like, it was terrible, man. And like they would just be like, man, get the bring the ass back. And then like it was and then some other people on the stage trying to try. Well, he looked like he got a lot of ass on him himself. I'm like, hey, let's not take it there, gentlemen. Like it was bad, man. Like I, I performed at all these bad places. Like great fucking was, anecdotes, though. I have to say, I was trying. Well, you know that's but that stuff's training you for like when you do voiceover because you know nothing can affect you, mm. right? You're able to shoulder shrug anything. Like nothing in the voiceover world really made me be like, oh damn, that's sad. Literally, my mindset is, well, there's always other auditions to do, and since there's always other auditions, I don't really get down about anything because I can always do something else. Mm. Um. And I can so confirm as well from seeing that picture, you do have a good ass, but you know, just just uh, moving on to the next pants point. were tight. I got it. It's not me, it's, it's the pants. I'm telling you, so <laughs> modest. <laughs> I'm telling you, but yeah, man, it, it, it got rough on like you know, my relationship because mm. I would constantly go home and leave, and then like one day she came with me because she was like, I just want to like. I, I have to see what it's like. And in her mind, she saw me, it was just like fucking around. It was just like me being around, talking to a bunch of people all the way up to 2 a.m. And she was furious about it. She was like, you're mm. just having fucking fun and you're leaving me at home. And I'm like, that's networking though. Like I have to meet the club owners and things like that. So it's really tough. It was. So to do that and to do comedy, which she completely like her, 
and we was talking off air. Um, her and my one of my closest friends, uh, names Bahid, they funded my whole like closing credits, like my whole educational portion mm. of everything I was doing, and I was feeling like shit because like I wasn't working. I didn't get any stimulus money because the guy who did my taxes went to jail for fraud. So like I didn't get Not none of that. So I so I got effed over on that. Um, I couldn't get unemployment. Like so I had nothing, and I was taking all their money into something which, like I wasn't sure that was gonna work. Like I knew I wanted to do it, but like it wasn't a guaranteed investment. It it's wasn't a, a guaranteed return. And that's one of the scariest things when you do any profession yeah. because you don't know if it's going to work. You know, you can do something for four years and then be like, oh, this ain't for me. Mm. And, you know, it happens with marriages. It happens with relationships. And like, no, like there's no guaranteed return here. And I felt so bad because like I knew the stress it was causing her, right? We, mm. I literally just left from doing comedy all the time. Now, I was like, well, I'm going to try doing this. And the only reason I tried doing voiceover is because I started to hate stand-up comedy. Like, because I got, I started like, because they tried doing the comedy during the pandemic was like, not for me. They tried doing comedy like on Zoom. That was the last stand-up I did, funny enough, a Zoom open mic with, yeah. I couldn't do it. Like, I, like, it was, it was not for me. Like, like now it's ironic because, like, I speak to a bunch of people and people have a good time. And now <laughs> that I see, Zoom thing, man. it's like, maybe now it could have worked. But, like, at the time, like, I was, you have to remember, I was coming off an extremely, like, high off my career. I did a one-hour special. Yeah, of course. It's a big you know, culture shock, man. I submitted to Netflix. Every theater that I did ended up canceling because, like, because of the pandemic rules. I never got that money back, and now I'm forced to do comedy online, and I can't even see the crowd. It's fucking sobering for sure, right? It was terrible, and the and the thing and the and the and the straw that broke the camel's back was this dude name was uh, uh, F. William Samuel, uh, a good dude. And he was like, I got an idea, young player. And that's exactly how he fucking talked, too. <laughs> he was like, he sounds great. He was like, I got an idea what we going to do. We going we gonna to have everyone be in their car. And that way they won't, no one can get sick. Because the idea would be that it would be like a drive-through show. Just like how people okay. would drive and see the movies in their car. So, so I, I just didn't hear what you said. I thought you said, everyone going to be in their car. I'm like, is this guy a pervert? The the whole I I was confused at first too. I was like, "What car? What do we? What do we do? Are we gonna do one in like a big RV?" Like I was very, but I was so open to everything because I was like, "I needed to do something. Need something at this point." Like I felt like my creative outlet was being wasted. Like I had gotten so far and creatively, I was stumped, and there was nothing I can do. Honestly, it felt like God was like, "Yo, stop it," and I was like. Like I t- like I had this fu- like I had this conversation with this person because they were like life is unfair and I was like listen man you want to talk about unfair I spent eight years doing stand up comedy all right I did the Apollo I did Harl I did all these shows Gotham Comedy Club and then when it was finally my time in the sun the world wanted to end well, so I don't want to hear that shit about it be fair it was <laughs> a fucking eclipse when it was your turn right dude like now all of a sudden everything is dark. And I remember that night, it was uh, it was like 40 cars, man. And I went on, it was like this truck that had this like open part in the back where they could see me. And it's all these like speakers connected. I got a microphone. And the idea is because they can't clap, 
they have to honk their horn mm. and I say something and like I guess it was funny but 40 cars at once start honking their horn and that, that shit was nauseous that sounds awful and that I, would I, that I give up. me an anxiety attack yeah I, I threw up I threw up that day and I hated comedy and like I was in like a real dark place because I didn't know what to do with my life because this mm. one thing the one thing I envisioned myself doing more what than, you saw was your puff. It, it was gone. And the only time I felt like this was when I was like a child or like a kid. Cause when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop. And then I saw a bunch of police officers arrest my father in front of me. And, wow. that, sh- and that shattered me. That's going to change that for sure. Right. So this one thing that I had all it, cause in my mind, I'm like, well, they're only supposed to attack bad people. Is my father a bad person? Like, you know, as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That messes you know, with someone's head as a kid. Right. And your mother doesn't really know how. It's like, where's my father? Like, and it was gone. It was gone. I had no path towards it. No, that path is over. And I was like, what do I do now with my life? And you lay around a couple of days trying to figure mm. it out. And this is like thick pandemic, you know? So mm. no one knows what to do. Like, every day somebody's dying on the news nothing's getting better and we don't know what the fuck's going on at this point either everyone's terrified dude they're like they're, they're, they're like the nba is gone wrestling is gone like that know, was crazy right like everything that, was shutting down that was the thing to me that was like oh damn it's serious i they was like they was like tom cruise got it i was like they got tom it was oh, tom it was tom hanks it was tom hanks yeah tom hanks got it tom hanks got like all the cele- and like everyone was dying it was crazy it was like it, it was terrible I, I said this to people that this was for for our generation i don't just mean people like in their 30s i mean literally everyone from children to old this was the unifying moment of our world if you will in the same way that other other generations had world wars we had a pandemic yeah. I, I tell you something weird as well. I was playing, you know, the, you know the game Vampire that was on the PlayStation Four and probably other formats as well. With the it, dude it, on the cover, with the R, the R was red on the cover of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good indie game. Yeah, yeah. I, I was playing that during the beginning of the fucking pandemic, and that game was based in the pandemic in Europe in 1918, and it was so fucking jarring because because it's just the pandemic, <laughs> like. What? So literally, I'm playing a game where, where it's a pandemic 102 years before. So all of the dialogue fits, barring, you know, supernatural elements. And it was just so jarring. But but, but carry on. Yeah, I can imagine. It's like, fuck, this game deal with bats. The fucking bats started this shit. It's to get the vampires alive. Exactly. Where's Wayne when you need them? <laughs> Where's Wesley Snipes? Oh, it's probably doing his taxes, right? <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was a really scary place. Like I, I being being lost and like in darkness, like was a very scary time because I had no motivation to do anything, right? Like, what was I gonna do? Like, um, now luckily I had a podcast, you know, but like it was not like I was shattered in a sense. And well, tell us about your podcast, please. Just give, give yourself a plug now you're here. Yeah, well, I have, I have a podcast called Geeks in the City. Uh, talks about anime and video games, and I'm not really on it that much no more because I'm so busy doing voiceover. But uh, we got an awesome segment, got an awesome series called Skipping the Line, 
where I speak to voice actors and I cover their stories. Literally, it is the same thing I do for closing credits, right? Mm. Events. Um, and that's in a sense where the idea of the journey came from. It came from, it was literally me taking the skipping the line segments, bringing those same guests and doing that in front of a live crowd. Logical progression. And uh, it, it's been really cool. Uh, and like my, my buddies host it now, uh, Bondo, uh, he actually does the FGC interviews with uh, like prof- like pro players and things like that. I'm really proud mm. of him because um, that's a really because it's a world that I'm not really familiar with. But that is, just because you're not familiar with something doesn't mean you can't learn from it. And just to hear sure. the mindset of someone who like plays fighting games for a living and then like for them to win like 40k from a tournament, like the stress of that, I'm like, damn. Like, I mean, anyone who wants to say it's not legitimate has to shut the fuck up the second they hear that price, right? Yeah, dude. They, like, I remember they he screenshotted me the number, like the PayPal. This I'm like, god damn, forty k for one tournament? Like, oh, like that's insane to me. Um, but yeah, it's it's literally just like just a bunch of guys talk about the things they like. It's really really fun. Uh, if anyone checks mm. it out, I, you know. It's geeks, geeks with a Z, G E E K Z, in the city. Uh, going on his fifth, fourth, or five, four years, four years, four years right now. So, uh, really cool thing, really cool thing. Very proud of that it's grown as much as it did. And uh, I only see, I only see more things coming from it. So, uh, and it's a good example that even if you stop being involved with something, it can still grow. Mm. And you can still be part of it. You know. Like that was a big thing for my voice. When I started my voiceover career, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing any interviews. I wasn't doing the podcast with them anymore. Um, but watching them do it, it's really cool. And then like when I get to be on it, then it's kind of weird because like when I'm on it, they're like, "We got a special guest." I'm like, "It's my damn show!" Like, what are y'all talking about? Like, yeah, I was gonna say. So, so what is your role in the show now? Then are, are you like more of a consultant or something? Are you, are you, uh, yeah, are you the Triple H at NXT? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully they don't they don't do me dirty and make Geeks of the City 2.0. <laughs> I'll come back. What happened to my show? It's all these where's the black and gold? What's this? Why is it so colorful now? It's all this confetti shit going on. What y'all do? This ain't or what y'all think this is paper Mario on the origami king? Get my show back. Yeah, I, I in a sense I oversee it and everything, and I still like, you know, I'm you know, they tell me what they're gonna talk about and stuff like that. But uh I feel mm. like I basically go out my way to build all the opportunities. And my mentality uh, was, was that, okay, if I get big in voiceover, then my podcast will grow too. Mm. And then the members of my podcast will in a sense grow with it. Bringing each other up. So the whole idea was to get big, um, not necessarily famous, but have like have worth to myself where the things where my name would be included, the people's connected to it would, in a sense, get the rub. Or they would we, get, like, some of the attention. Good use of words of the rub there, another wrestling term. And I have to add to what you're saying there. And I, I think a lot of artists have the same mentality when it's it's not about being famous. Yeah. It has been. But people like us, and when I say I don't just mean you and I, I mean so many artists out there in the world, just have this inborn feeling in yourself that you just have to do something. Yeah. You have to achieve something. And it's not about being wealthy. It's not about being famous. It's just about doing that feeling in your in your soul, in your 
mind that never leaves, that's always there, knowing that you have to do something. It's, I, don't know, I don't know if it's legacy, if it's sensation, if it's what, but the feeling's there. So, so much of what you've said to me has like been so relatable in so many ways like genuinely so I, I i just i just wanted to mention that and so you were saying that uh you step start stepping away from the podcast so i'm intrigued to know now so so how do you jump into voiceover and like i said it's very unique for you because it's not just voiceover because you are the sorcerer the sorcerer of closing credits as well so this is a two-pronged question for you how do you jump into voiceover and how do you also jump into this closing credits career so there's a double question for you there oh man you know the whole honestly the whole closing credits thing is still like somewhat of a shock to me because i didn't believe it until like i went on to the like the twitter and like i looked and i was like oh shit is nothing but my because i i got like a couple like i got randomly these messages and they were like hey uh your event is about to start. And I'm like, what event? And it was like, it was with one of the instructors with Dead Monroe. Mm. I'm like, I'm not there. They was like, well, aren't you in charge of the school? I'm like, why the hell would you think that? And like, when that's got to be surreal, the, right? And when I went on the Twitter, it was my face, like just down from down. Like I was like, oh damn. So I went on the website, and every event, and every past event was me, 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 me. And is, I, is that why you always say, "Who is this guy"? I, I really don't know who that is. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, because me, 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 I don't remember how that shit happened that fast. Like, so I love threw, how meta that is. It threw me for a loop myself. Um, but how I got in the voiceover, it it was crazy, because like I wanted to do it, but I was like, man, I really don't want to do something that I failed at again. Understandable. Cause like, you know, and I don't think I failed that comp. Right? You, you, you did not fail, but I also understand why you, I've called myself a failure of shit ton of times. Right. It's, it's hard not to take that personally. When you work so damn hard, you put so much of yourself to it. You know, you're damn good and everything goes to shit. Whether or not that's your fault, that's still going to, you're still going to suck and it's still right. going to take it out of your soul. And that, in a sense that happened with me. Cause I used to, when uh, I, I tried professional wrestling. So did I. Oh damn! Where I, I tried professional. Wrestling I trained for four months and I fucked up my knee and my shoulder. I, I also breaking, thought I'd be a pro wrestler. I kept fucking up my wrist and they wouldn't let me wrestle and I couldn't pay for the class. <laughs> Who are you? I was like, why are y'all making me pay for this if I keep messing up? They was like, you're injured. You can't do anything. And I'm like, damn! Like, so I was like, really off. I still got my belt, man. Like, I, I never. I, I, oh, I love it. <laughs> just keep talking for 10 seconds I'm going to show my belt uh, Burger just showed a really awesome title I'm going to show an even better one now Say anything for 10 seconds Oh damn Where? <laughs> Okay So As we are here Oh word That's how we Oh, we got the we got the winged eagle, winged eagle, and the tag team titles, baby. Although, just just before you think I'm cool, these these are at the children's plastic and foam belts. You know what? So. Give me one second. I'm not about to be outdone. <laughs> <laughs> in in this particular episode, myself and the wonderful Jamil Berger are just comparing our world championship and tag team titles. 
is very important. And I should probably take a picture of this, actually, so people know what's going on for posterity. But why should I? Because, you know, I'm, I'm the champ. So I do what the hell I want when I want. Oh, he's coming back. Here we go. 100, 100%. One, 120. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, oh, damn. Oh, Jesus Christ. Look at that. He's got the big gold belt, people. Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to take a picture of this so people know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, I got, yeah, I got, I got, I got the, I got the bedazzling, the old, good old Batista used to. Oh, my God. Can, you, can you take a screen grab of this, please? I don't seem to be able to. Oh, you're, yeah, you're man. Good of tech. This thing I'll take that. a screen grab. That's a sexy belt. Sorry, just yeah. figure out these options. This is why I do multi parts. I <laughs> spend so much time doing shit like this randomly. Fucking hell. Oh, I love this thing, man. Um, oh, the good old the, the world heavyweight champion, man. Just ah. And the whole reason I wanted to do wrestling is because I wanted to have I, the same feeling I have by holding this on my shoulder. I wanted that. I was like, I'm going to go through the ranks and then I'm going to do the indies and I'm going to go on. And then I kept getting fucking injured. And I was like, oh, oh this sucks. <laughs> like, how cool is it when they did that shit? They just walk. It's like, I just want that on my shoulder. I want to do that, man. Dude, I, oh, man, I have, so, I have nothing. But, like, sometimes, man, like, I'll just go to the store down the block and, like, just, and, like, I can tell which people watch wrestling because they'll be like, and they'll, like, can I take a picture with it? I'm like, sure, youngster. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, kid. I remember the seven-year-old boy was like, can I hold it? And I gave it. He was like, oh, damn, it's heavy. And I was like, that's what a real, that's what a real champion feels like. And his eyes lit up because he couldn't understand what was going on. I love that. I fucking oh, love that. But br- bringing it back. To, yes, where were we? Tangents. Bring, bringing it back to uh, how did I get into voiceover? How did I how did I work with closing credits? So um, what happened was is that I realized that uh, I've always had a passion. I always liked voiceover. I always liked anime. I always liked video games and things like that. Like I've always had like a fun for that, right? I remember when I used to do it. Um, it's just that, you know, comedy was taken off, so I didn't have no need for it. So I remember my lady came in and she was like, Well, what are you going to do? Right. Um, very respectfully, of course, because it was like you can't just move around all day. And I was like, Well, I think I'll I'll try uh voiceover. I'll try voiceover. And uh I didn't have any, I didn't really have a good setup, I didn't really have a good mic or anything. I had a Yeti, which isn't bad at all. I tell people use what you got and uh i booked with that i think i booked something like really really long ago like a bridge thing and i never forgot that feeling um and i try and i tried and like one of the main things i realized was that oh damn you need to take classes mm. and i had no money for classes none whatsoever <laughs> so i tried Relatable. to learn i tried the so i tried learning uh the chris masters uh like his podcast chris Not masters chris. Crispin Freeman. I'm <laughs> um, you can take you can take the guy wrestling. You can't take the wrestler out the guy. One hundred percent. But Crispin Freeman had a podcast called Voiceover Mastery. Um, mm-hmm. He would, in a sense, speak to industry professionals and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm a youth. Like, 
it was very it was very theater talk and i was like okay cool but i need like it wasn't enough for me to learn from it was no. cool to hear but it wasn't enough for me to learn you want something more rounded to show you the tech side right and i remember the steve bloom like ad came up on my on my thing did you do the free steve bloom webinar i did the free steve i did that as well I, I remember when the ad came on and showed wolverine so you want to be a voice actor it doesn't even have to. It doesn't even have to break the bank, bub. And I was like, it jumped. Yeah. And I jumped in. I can't believe we went to the same fucking. Feast I, I went. Webinar. I went in. I went in there, and I left. And I was like, I don't know shit, because it ended with, "All right, here are my prices." And I was yeah, like, You yeah. just said it didn't have to break the bank. Like, I took. I took so many notes, and then he hit us with the fucking claws at the end, didn't he? I was like, Yo, what the hell, like. Oh, man, I was so damn mad because I couldn't afford it. So my lady, she got this is when the stimulus check came in. So I was like, can, can I you? Because I wanted to take one. I just wanted to I just wanted to know what it felt like to be to be acknowledged. Like, OK, I just want to know what it felt like. You and tell I them, took, chief. 